Father, we just come now, and I just thank you, Lord, for what you've done in their lives, and Lord, what you're doing in the lives of others. And Lord, we thank you for your salvation. It's so great and so rich and so full. And I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. That means go for it. You know, I was thinking about why, why did we get saved? I was thinking about December 31st, 1979, 30 p.m., when my friend asked me, if you die today, are you going to go to heaven or hell? And I said, most likely hell. So that night, I gave my heart to the Lord so I wouldn't go to hell. And then as I started reading my Bible, I figured out, hey, I get to go to heaven. So I got saved to get to go to heaven. But how many of you know there's a lot more to getting saved than just keeping out of hell and going to heaven? And as the Holy Spirit comes and starts leading, guiding you in all the fullness of God, it gets richer and it gets richer. And someone may ask you, well, are you saved? And you said, yeah, I was, and I am, and I'm being saved. See, and one day I was reading 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and Paul says this. He says, uh, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1.8, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of all our trouble which came out of Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we were despaired even of life. See, Paul was stoned and he was dead right there. And he said, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver us, and we trust that he will yet deliver us. So you see, when you get saved, somebody said, well, you're saved? Yeah, I was, and I am, and I'm going to be. See, it's a process. It was, it is, and it will be. It's all part of the package. But what were we saved unto? And, you know, I didn't realize, but there's a lot more to it. And I was reading Deverne Fromke's Ultimate Intention, and he said this. He says, getting saved so you don't go to hell or getting saved to to go to heaven, if that's your sole purpose, they're both self-centered and selfish. God has a little more in mind for you than just getting you to heaven. Or keeping you out of hell. There is life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it what? Abundantly. Abundant life. So you see, it's more than just that. And, and you see that that's, that's what he came for. To give us a fullness of life. And uh, I want to talk to you about, you know, we've discussed this in our pastor's meeting some. But uh, the consciousness of the victory of Christ. It's something that you need to be aware of that you know beyond a shadow of the doubt the victory that you have in Christ. Because the enemy wants to pull you out of your victory and always keep you condemned and pull you back into the state of who you were. So the consciousness, in John eight thirty one, it says, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. See, Jesus come to set us free that we might have life and what? Have it abundantly. But you know the Bible, there's so many scriptures. If you start reading, how many? I don't even know how many times it says, knowing this, knowing that, knowing, knowing, knowing. Knowing means that you know something, that you're persuaded about something. That means that which is set in stone. You just know it in your knower. It's the consciousness of what you know. You know this, see? And that's what has to be settled in your relationship. 
that you know, and the Bible says, you say, I've asked even some preachers, uh, uh, you know, you going to heaven? Well, I hope so. Well, the Bible says these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. I mean, Jesus don't want us to hope so. He wants you to know so. That you may know this. And the Holy Spirit has come in 2 Corinthians 3.18. The Holy Spirit comes, we beholding as in a mirror, this word of God, the glory are being exchanged by the Holy Spirit into the very image of Christ. Jesus come that we might be made the very image of himself. And Jesus came in the likeness of the Father to show us the love of God and, and how much more there is to this salvation that we got. The purpose of Christianity is producing his church the nature, catch this, the nature of the consciousness of the victory of, that Christ paid for. The consciousness of the victory that's been paid for. That you walk in that boldness. In the book of Acts, it says when they beheld Peter and John and saw the boldness of Peter and John and they were ignorant and unlearned men, they took knowledge of them because they knew they had been with the Lord. Something had happened to them after the day of Pentecost. There was a boldness that they had of confidence of the victory they had in Christ. That's what we're talking about. It's that confidence of knowing this. Knowing the, the purpose of Christianity is to produce the nature of the consciousness of the victory of Christ, what he paid for. You know, the Bible says that, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good thing to be good, but you need to know why you're good. See, why are you good? Because you're living by the goodness of another. That's why you're good. Amen? It's good to be a Christian, but you need to know why you're a Christian. Because you're living by the life of Christ that makes you a Christian. See, those things are things you need to know. And you know it in your knower, so you don't have to, nobody can take it away from you. You know, there's things you gotta, you got to know that nobody, it don't matter what anybody thinks, they can't take it away from you. The consciousness of a Christian. What is the consciousness of a Christian? I, I think it was John G. Lake when I heard him first say this. He says, the secret of Christianity is it's supernatural from start to finish. See, the Bible calls it natural or spiritual. Supernatural, really, you won't find in the Bible. But it's natural or spiritual. And the thing about it is, Jesus came, and what he started in us, you know, what started in me December 31st, 1970 at 9.30 p.m., was I had a spiritual experience where the next day I knew that I was born again, and I was on a path. And a lot of you had the same experience. I just knew that I knew. I didn't even talk like a sailor anymore, Dennis. It was all gone, wasn't it? Overnight. Matter of fact, when I heard those words, it pierced me. I knew something had happened. Something had been exchanged. But see, at that time, really, basically, all I had was a new spirit. I didn't know. You know, it was this morning. I'll show it to you after if you want to see it. But I had my notes laying here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, 23 and 24. It says, the God of peace, I was reading that. I looked down and I saw it. The God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And faithful is he who called you who will also do it. And as I was looking at that on my notes, a little flake of gold fell right on that verse. 
So I got my scotch tape and stuck it down so it couldn't get away. You know, when that happens, I know he's trying to highlight something. The God of all peace sanctify you completely. He didn't come just to get you to heaven or keep you out of hell. He came that you might be whole spirit, soul, and body. Have a new spirit, soul, and body. Have a new heart. And, and to express his very image. And that's the consciousness. It's supernatural from start to finish. Christianity is, is supernatural from top to bottom, from center to circumference, within, without, in all, and uh, is, is all and in you all. And you're complete in him. Woo, thank you, Lord. That is so good. You're complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers. It's the divine outflow of the holy soul of the crucified, risen, glorified Son of God. That's why he comes, he said, to give you Zoe life. You know, I was so excited when I saw Zoe life in the Greek. That word Zoe, to be saved, I'm come to give you life. That word life means sukezoza. It comes from 5590 in the Strong's. Soul life. I've come to give you soul life. Those two together. Soul life. So why did he come? So that we might have a new soul. New mind. New will. New emotion. See, you read in Isaiah 53, it says, It pleased God to crush him to make his soul an offering for our sins. God will see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. You with me? It wasn't just to get you a new spirit and get you to heaven when you die. That's what I thought. It's so I could have a new soul. So the journey started for me to have a new mind, new will, new emotions, so that the former things would be forgotten, remembered no more. So I have a fresh start. See, if any man is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. The only answer to a lot of old soulish stuff is the exchange of the soul. And you know what? In Isaiah 54, he says, you'll not remember the shame of your youth or that anymore. You'll not remember it anymore. It'll not come to your remembrance. Why? Because he come to make you new. Make you new, spirit, soul, and body, and give you a new heart. But it's just the consciousness of that. We was talking in our, you know, if a lot of pastors come in and heard the way we talk, it would be, it, it would be exciting, wouldn't it, Paul? But we was talking about this, and we was talking about, you know, people say, well, when do you pray? How often do you pray? I don't. I live in the constant presence of him all the time. I feel like we're in communion every day, all day. The consciousness of the presence, why? Because God placed us into Christ. You are living in union with the Father, the creator of the universe. You're living in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he's living in you. That union cannot be separated. So there shouldn't be a time in your life when you don't feel that you're apart from him. It's that consciousness of his presence all the time. Am I talking to myself? Are you out there? See, that's what he wants for us. You know, he come, he says, God is faithful by whom he was called into the fellowship of his son, the father and his son. We've been called into that koinonia. It's a constant fellowship that he has for us all the time, all the time. 
And, and it, it makes you a little weird sometimes. <laughs> you with me? But why is that? Because it's supernatural from start to finish. It affects you everywhere you go and everything you do. It's a whole spiritual realm that he created for us to live in, even though we're here. <clears throat> okay. Whew. Second Timothy 1.9, Paul told Timothy, he said, if God saved you, he called you for a purpose. And it's not what you purposed, but it's what he purposed for you before the foundation of the world. God saved you, he called you for a purpose, not for what you want, but what he wanted for you before the foundation of the world. God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. And we make our plans, but God directs our steps. And you know, most of the time you're going down that road and you don't even know why you're going down that road because it's the road he picked for you to walk. And in 1 Corinthians 12, he sets every member in the body of Christ as it pleases him. God does it. He set you. He planted you. Really takes it all out of your hands. God's plan for us is a lot, a lot higher than just keeping us out of hell and going to heaven. Paul said in Philippians 3.12, in the Amplified, not that I have already attained this ideal that I'm after or haven't already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold and grasp and make my own that for which Christ the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me his own. He said, I hadn't found it completely, but I'm pressing on that I may apprehend that for which I was apprehended. See, God apprehended, he apprehended me, he apprehended you. Now, if he did that, what was his purpose for apprehending us? That's what we need to know. You know, that's, why am I here? And then we begin to see God's plan. You know, Jesus came one day to the Jordan River, and his cousin was there baptizing John. And he asked John to baptize him. And John said, I need to be baptized of you, and you come to me. And Jesus said to him, suffer it to be so, for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. God made Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. He says it needs to happen to fulfill all righteousness. And you know, when he was baptized, then when he was raised up, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon him, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hallelujah. To fulfill all righteousness. The real reason we're here, one of them, is to manifest the righteousness of God to a lost and a hurting world. It's not just to get us to heaven and do what we want to while we're here. We are here so people can see the actual very righteousness of God in your life. And you having a consciousness of that righteousness. See, we are living by the righteousness of another. If you're still trying to have your own righteousness, good luck. Because it's not available. We're living by the righteousness of God. He has made us the very righteousness of God. And that's why we're here. To manifest God's righteousness. You know, it says in Mark, Matthew 4, 23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sickness and disease among the people. 
He came to heal the sick, raise the dead, to cast out devils, and to do what? Ooh, to preach the very kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said in Psalms 40, verse 7, he said, Lo, in the volumes of the book it is written of me, I come to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. He says, the zeal of the Lord will perform it. The zeal. See, that's that consciousness, the conscious awareness of the victory of Christ. I don't know how else to say it. You need to realize that the enemy is a defeated foe. We was talking in the coffee shop, and Kent found what page it was in John G. Lake's book. And he was talking about most people, if you say, he said, with most Christians, you get around most Christians, and you say, God's healed me, and I'm not going to be sick anymore. 95% of you would say, watch him, within a week he'll be sick. Because you fear the devil more than you fear God. You made the devil bigger than God. So you need to be, we need to be consciousness of the victory that Jesus paid for when he died, when he was beaten by his stripes, you were healed. Make that bigger than the devil's power to put sickness upon you. You need to realize that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Say it, greater is he that's in you. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And you need to walk like it and live like it and talk like it. That what's in you is greater if you're in union with the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you something. The devil take notes of that. He knows he's a defeated foe. Jesus is the head of all, say all, principalities and powers. If he's the head of all this, why do you have to fear? And that's why he said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils, and if need to, raise the dead. Freely have you received, freely give. Go. That's you. That's who we are. We are the body of Christ. And we need to live in the consciousness of the victory that he's paid for. And not be tossed to and fro. With all this stuff. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I hate to even watch the news anymore. They turn it on. Watch blasting on the news. Flu. Flu. Everybody's getting the flu. Everybody's going to get the flu. If you don't have fear when you started watching it, you'll have it before you get through. Fear of the flu. Well, you know God's greater than the flu. 366 times in the scripture, he says, fear not. Fear not, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by my name. When you pass through the waters, it'll not overflow. You through the, you'll, you'll not be burned. Through the fire, you won't be burned. He wants to keep us. It says, he that keepeth Israel shall never sleep nor slumber. We're, Jesus said that, He's got you in his hand, and nobody's able to take you out of his hand. You've got to start believing that. You've got to start believing the consciousness of what he paid for. Amen? Instead of believing all this other stuff. Revelation 21, it says, The first ones in the lake of fire are the fearful. 
Then the whoremongers, the murderers, and all this other bunch. One pastor said, God, I don't understand. Why is there fearful first? And he said, well, they'd have done all this other, but they were afraid. They were fearful. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by my name. You're mine. So you need to live in the consciousness that you have the victory. John 17, Jesus came to reveal the love of the Father. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, John 17, 3, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you sent. He said, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. John 17. He finished the work before he finished. I finished the work you gave me to do. He still had to go to the garden. still had to go to the whipping post. still had to go to the cross. You know, when he went to the cross, you went to the cross. When he went to the grave, you went to the grave. When he ascended, you ascended. When he sat down at the right hand of the Father, you sat down with him. We've been made to sit with him in heavenly places. That's where you're seated today, with him in heavenly places. That's your consciousness of the victory that he has for you. What would happen to the church today if we started believing who we really were? Start believing who you really are in Christ. He has made us more than conquerors. What is more than conquer? More than a conqueror is living by the conquering of another. That means more. You didn't have to do anything to get it. You just get to live it. See, that's what's so astounding about all this. You know, Paul said, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. And henceforth, there's laid out for me a crown of righteousness, not for me only, but for all them that love his appearing. Paul knew when he'd finished his course. I believe every one of us have a course. Paul knew when he finished it. Jesus knew when he finished it. I remember a couple of books we were reading about these guys, Hudson Taylor and and, and what's the one we're reading now? Caps, Charles Caps, both of them. They knew it was time to go home. They called the family and said, I just want to tell you goodbye. And they crawled in bed and died and went on to be with the Lord. They knew it. But you know what Jesus said? He said in John chapter 10, he says, my father, he says, uh, he says, let me just read it to you. I want to read the verse before it, too. Uh, let's go to John 10. Verse 17, that's what I want to read. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my soul. Your Bible says life, but it's soul in the Greek. I lay down my soul. Why? Isaiah 53 says he's fixing to lay it down. He says, I lay down my soul that I might take it again. No man takes it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay my soul down, and I have power to take up my soul again. This commandment have I received from my Father. The Romans didn't kill him. They didn't take his life. Jesus laid it down so he could take it up again. So you have power to lay down that old soul, and you have power to receive a new one. Resurrection only works if there's a death. There has to be a death to be a resurrection. So if any man Christ, he's a what? A new creation. That consciousness. We were crucified with him. We died with him. 
buried with him, suffered with him, was justified with him. I don't want you to think, well, he went to the cross. No. He went to the cross for me. When he went to the cross, I went to the cross. When he was crucified, I was crucified. When he went to hell, I went to hell with him. See, that's, he didn't do this for himself, saints. This is the thing we got to realize. He did all of that for us in the place of us. That, cro- that third cross was not for Jesus. That was for Barabbas. That was Barabbas's cross. That was our cross, but he took it. And when he took it, he took it for us. So you make it personal. If you make it personal, if you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. One man's disobedience, death reigned by one much more. They that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. What part of gloom, despair, agony on end is that? (laughs) Reigning with Christ. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. Even if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's for that other bunch. That's not for us. He said we'd reign in Christ through one. Reign with Christ. Now. When? Now. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. We may have what? If you're, I used to fear the judgment day. I used to live in fear. I hope he don't come for a while. I'd say, well, don't you hold off a little while? I hadn't done enough yet. I need more time to do more so that you can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Deceived. I started in the spirit, but I thought I was going to end by my own self-efforts. I wanted more time so he'd know that I, I earned my place. How dumb is that? Is anybody else out there that did that? Yeah, I see those hands. Because I didn't get all the gospel. I only got part of it. I didn't know that it was all his doings. First Corinthians one thirty. but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who's made into you wisdom, righteousness, justification, sanctification. That is written, let him that glory, glory in the Lord. I'm telling you, in that day, many's going to stand before him wanting to go in. And he's going to say, I don't know you. They said, well, we knew you. We walked with you. We prophesied in your name. We cast out devils. We've done all these many wonderful works. We deserve to go in because we did all that. And he's not concerned about what you did to get in. He's concerned about you believing what he did to get you in. Now, you better get that. He's not concerned about what you're doing to get in. He's concerned that you know what he did to get you in. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know anything else but Jesus Christ and what he did. The consciousness of the victory he's given to you is all that's going to be necessary for you to go right on in, boldly to the throne of grace. When we were justified, he was justified, we were justified. He was made alive, we were made alive. When he conquered Satan, we were raised and conquered Satan with him. The resurrection of Jesus is the proof of our victory over the adversary. Every born-again Christian in the mind of God has the victory over Satan. Our victory is the victory of Christ. We've been lifted above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, not only in this age, but that which is to come. 
And God has put all things in subjection under your feet. Where is it? Under your feet. We have been given the power of attorney so that in the name of Jesus, every demon, every power has to obey the name of Jesus out of the lips of every believer. You have authority over every power in this world. I'm going to go ahead. I wrote this down and thought, you know, August 23rd, 2010, we was in our campsite, and we heard Bigfoot holler four times and woke us out of a sleep. I knew in my knower at that moment what I heard. I asked the camp host what, what he heard. He heard the same thing. He said, it's a Sasquatch. And I said, okay, I started my journey trying to see what this thing was. And over the, I'm convinced from that day forth, and Gary can tell you, we've heard him every time we went up there since then. I know he exists, but here's my point. I was reading a, a, on a YouTube. If you want to look it up, you can write down Dogman Sasquatch Oklahoma Encounter number 24. This man and his cousin was in the lake fishing in Ohio around this island. <clears throat> This Bigfoot threw a rock, like to hit the boat. And they pulled into the bank, and they were both military guys, ex-military. And his cousin got up there and started screaming. He couldn't see where it was, but he thought someone was throwing rocks at him. So he started picking up rocks, throwing them back at him. And the Bigfoot got mad and come out and hit him, knocked him into the lake, and broke four ribs and punctured a lung. So he pulled him out of the lake and was leaning him on the boat, trying to get him in the boat. And his cousin was still hollering at this thing so he threw a tree and hit him in the side of the jaw and had 17 stitches and the guy had a 357 magnum on his side and his brother his cousin had a 45 automatic so he took both guns and was standing there and the bigfoot walked out of the tree and looked at him and he froze and he said he couldn't move and he said i'm a christian he said in the name of jesus I command you to leave. And he turned and ran. You have power and authority over everything. He said the Bigfoot turned and ran away. Now, believe it or don't believe it. It don't matter to me. Because I started out with things you know. When you know, you know. It don't matter if anybody believes it or not. See, I know what we're called to be as Christians. I know the victory that we're supposed to have. I know that when we start understanding our victory, we're going to see less and less of the influence of the enemy in our lives because you're going to have a power and authority in Jesus' name to stop a lot of this mess that's going on. Amen? Amen. I think that's the key to us walking where we need to walk now is understanding who you are. Amen? Amen? All right, let's stand. Somebody used to say to me, you really believe all that stuff? I said, I really believe all that stuff. <laughs> if you've been where I, Gary, Gary believes it too. Ask Gary if he believes it. He believes it. What does that got to do with anything? i tell you what it has to do. He said he gives you authority over everything. I just want you to know you have authority over everything. If God created it, you have authority over it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just come and we just thank you, Lord.
You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you've caused us, your face to shine upon you. You've been gracious to us and you've given us freely everything that even things we don't even understand. And we thank you for all the blessings that it makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. And we just receive your blessing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.